0: So a while back, Karsten and I uh, came came together to do an episode, series really, about one band. We thought it would be interesting to kind of go through the career of one band, uh, how they influenced us, how they influenced the world, what we think of them. Um, And of course, you know, there's many, there's many legendary bands out there that have been around for many, many years. Uh, But I would say none compare to the one that we discuss and I'm sure all of you know already, uh, even if you didn't listen to the other episode, we are, of course, talking about
1: Blame Dave Matthews Band. Oh.
0: Oh. No, that's not. Oh. Well, they're good, too. Yeah. <laughs> Real, yeah. I'm not even sure why that's the band Dave. that popped
1: into my head like, oh, yep. you've got to say something snarky here. What shall it be? Uh, another band. Dave Matthews Band. Did it. <laughs> I'm, glad,
0: I'm glad that Dave Matthews Band is that much in the front of your brain that, you, that you're like, I need a random band. DMB.
1: I, I mean, and I'll be honest, I don't even know. I think the last time I listened to Dave Matthews' band was for that episode released back in November. <laughs> yeah, there it was. Popped in. It happened. There it is. Anyways, Blink-182. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> this week on the Black Door Music argument, we are starting where it all began um, with Blink-182 with their demo album, Buddha. Buddha. So uh, for those of you who are waiting to hear about Cheshire Cat, We'll get into that at a different time. Um, We're going to start at the beginning with Buddha. So today, I am Carrie.
1: And I am Karsten. Today.
0: Today. Today. It could change tomorrow.
1: So the thing about Buddha that gets a little bit confusing in the fact that how we include this with the Blink-182 franchise is this was not released under the name Blink-182. This was before they added the 182. It was actually released as Blink. So in Mm -hmm. our discussions in my head the albums go cheshire cat dude ranch buddha and Mm then um end of the state and that's Mm -hmm. because that was the re-release it was re-released after dude Ranch, and so in my head that is the date and i i think that actually when we were preparing for that initial episode i'm like oh well that makes sense because i thought it was so weird it was like a half like And this is just me. Like when I would listen to it, it was someone had ripped like a cassette tape of it. And that's what I was listening to. And I was like, oh, it's kind of mm-hmm. weird that it came out at this time. Like, honestly, it sounds kind of like shit. Is it like a weird live <laughs> album? And this is back when I didn't like what Google. Google, I think had just been founded when this album was re-released. Just putting that in perspective. So, I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't like I think I was going to hop on the internet and be like, well, let's find out some more stuff about Buddha. I'm just like, yeah, throw this into the collection. This is not mine, you know? Um right. And uh, so, it's just kind of, kind of an interesting deal in terms of, like, how that timeline actually falls. And mm-hmm. so, putting that in perspective and bringing this back, initially the band's name was Blink. Which I think everyone kind of knows that the whole stories there's there's like this whole urban legend thing about what 182 is about, and um, I guess we could talk about that another time. And uh, either way, this was released under Blink. So mm-hmm. the argument that I had internally when we were talking about doing the first episode is: Do we actually put Buddha here in terms of chronological recording with the band lineup? Or do right. we do it in night in after Dude Ranch, where it would be when it was the re-release and when I think most people actually became familiar with it,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we opted to go with the you know the chronological of recording. I mean, it's literally like the whole thing when you're watching Marvel movies. Like, well, do you start with the order they were released in or the timeline order? Well, we decided to start with Captain America of the Blink One Eighty Two franchise being Buddha, <laughs> and and that's. No looking back at this point. Right. Um, so things about Buddha. Um, when I would listen to Buddha after like Dude Ranch or Cheshire Cat and that timeline, it it is a demo album. and yes, very much so. Gosh. Now, I, I think that the thing is, if you listen to this album, Tom DeLonge grew a lot as a vocal performer over the subsequent years after this was yes. done huge mark also grew from what i understand when they recorded this i think mark was sick or tom was sick. one of the people was sick when they did it and they were like smart man we got some recordings time to do it like this is our session and they did it over the course of a couple days which there's a bunch of urban legends about it being done in like 12 hours over the course of three nights like all of it from what I understand, it was kind of done around the schedules that were available in both the studio and for them, and so it was done over the course of a couple of days. And I believe it was Mark was sick, which honestly, it almost makes me feel like, ah, oh, actually, know it sounds actually better given that thing, all things considered, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, if you are not familiar with Buddha and you're giving Buddha your first listen, it sounds much more like that, um. It sounds much more punk rock than than pop punk. And I think that some of that's just, although it is, it's, what was it? They call it skate punk. Um, Yeah. It's raw. It's much more Mm -hmm. rough. And the vocals are not refined. No. Which is not a bad thing. Mm -mm. It's just knowing that going into it, it sounds different. It feels different. It is different. And I think that if you're not as big of a fan of pop punk, this might be the album you may like. It, it's, yeah, it's true it, it it's a little bit more i mean it, it sounds like an early punk rock band and mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah yeah like i um so yeah i also heard buddha after hearing cheshire cat for many years and like every time i don't know like what upon hearing buddha it's yeah it's very much a demo and it is less pop punk um so I just always remember being like, "Hey, do you guys want to listen to a less good version of uh, Carousel?" <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> pretty much. Um, um
0: yeah. Th- re- that's just kind of how I think of Buddha. Is it's like, tr- it's like, I don't know. Like they they recorded something and they kind of got it, and then they were like, "Okay, we know what we're doing now. We're gonna make Cheshire Cat and like keep the good stuff." And yeah. yeah.
1: So I think a couple things also to note is if you're listening to. Um, Buddha, and you're just going to your Apple Music or whatever, realize it's not the same track listing as what was originally released. And Mm -hmm. um, some of it's just, I think, uh, the different songs were actually used. And the other one that was actually a part of it was that there was a legal dispute about some of the tracks on there. And Mm -hmm. I believe that they were excluded from there. But Interesting. yeah, I, I imagine most people listening to Buddha are listening to it out of a nostalgic thing for Blink-182, not necessarily like, oh yeah, this is my thing at this point. Maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, like, again, when the demo comes up, you start bringing people up. I, I imagine at some point we'll talk about President of the United States of America, a self-titled album. And yes. that's one that if you haven't heard the demos from that, the only reason why I listen to demos from that is to be nostalgic. And I think this is in many <laughs> cases the same way. I had a buddy mm-hmm. that every time he'd make a mix CD and he would put carousel on it, he would put both versions of it back to back. <laughs> and the one is like much more put together while still sounding like an early punk band. And the other one is a rough, you know, early punk band. And yeah. so it's like, The problem is when you hear them and like that, you're like, oh God, which one is this at first? You're like, okay, I know which one this is. (laughs) And depending on which one you prefer, you're like, well, I guess I'm in it now at this point. Right. Um, But yeah, so I think that as we're talking about this and we're looking at this, if you're looking for us to talk about a number of the tracks that are not on, or I should say the tracks that are on the original um, release, I don't have the original release. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that I, I would actually seek to get it to be honest either. I have of 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 Blink One Eighty Two albums on um on on vinyl. I do have some. I have one that I think everyone it there's the one that I think everyone should have if you like Blink One yes, Eighty Two. Agreed. Yep. And um, we'll get to that one in the future. Um, mm-hmm. but okay. So a, as for this one, it, it was recorded in a studio. But if someone were to tell me that it was literally recorded in a garage, I would totally buy it okay Mm -hmm. so tracks tracks from this on here um, there are tracks that are from the demo that are re-recorded for their LP that they released after this was Cheshire Cat one track is re-recorded for Dude Ranch, which is their album after that so it's just kind of an interesting thing where again when we talk about nostalgia it's partially because the songs that are from here are also there which is which kind of interesting in terms of Mm -hmm. like I mean it's not that uncommon for EP's to do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting, especially to pull it to pull something into Dude Ranch too, like to go even right. like I don't know, two steps removed or whatever. Um yeah, I find it interesting that they kind of kept coming back to it. Uh yeah. <laughs> so it is it's kind of it is a nostalgia thing as you said, and it's kind of interesting to just see like oh, that, this is where they started <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and
0: like this is what they sound like now. And yeah, anyway.
1: Yeah, is it four or six tracks that they actually then released on Cheshire Cat?
0: Yeah, I was just trying to compare quick.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure I can find this on the internet. It'll tell me.
0: Probably. Um, yeah, Carousel, Strings, Fentuzler, <laughs> Romeo and Rebecca, Toast and Bananas, because that's a very important song <laughs> to do twice.
1: Seven were re-recorded for Cheshire Cat and one was re-recorded for Dude Ranch. There we go. Thanks, Wikipedia.
0: Yay, internet.
1: Maybe next time you ask me for a donation, I'll give you one. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of this is re-recorded. Again, so kind of going back to that point. The thing that's interesting about it in the recording for Buddha is it sounds like they were trying harder. Than on Cheshire mm. Cat, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, you're, you're, it's an early band. But I think that right. throughout the recording, throughout the performance, everything sounds a little bit more forced. Now, I think it's interesting to think about that because there's the one side that it sounds like a recording that's like, hey, fuck it, here we are. Well, simultaneously sounding like you're putting so much more into it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to try a little bit harder. Yeah. And I think that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting that it's, to me, like, it's a it sounds better, but it's it's a clearer recording. It's, um, yeah, it's more polished on Cheshire, but it's more relaxed and, mm-hmm. like, laid back. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, I think that in sure. some of
1: it, that, that becomes more of, like, the, the sound that, that Blink-182 has or Blink has as they move on. I want to make sure to sound this as elitist as possible. As exactly. they progress well, through their time, they were
0: called Blink. So.
1: You, yes, and as yeah. they as they expand through their musical library, you can really hear a more subtle, uh, you know, relaxed feel to their recordings yes. and performances. <laughs> where I think that what uh, okay, so now get, getting serious, I think one of the things about Blink One Eighty Two as they go along is they did strike differences by what was being done at the time and i know that we yes. we were just commenting on um a book that was <laughs> uh tales from underneath your mother i think it is and i'm probably going to pick up a copy of it cuz i would like to read it for research for this i guess about yeah. It, yeah um but um the the little tag on there talks about that at the time to- at a time when you know boy bands are like reigning supreme and overproduced and you know yada mm-hmm. yada yada around this time was when you know autotune really hit its big really came to the mainstream with share. I mean, that was all around this same time period. And Blink-182 kind of came out and felt like, meh, fuck it. You know, we're here to have fun. I mean, and this goes back to, although we're talking about Enema of the State, Stepping Back, Dude Ranch, Stepping Back. Like, Dude Ranch mm-hmm. is really where you can actually see more of them just because of video, et cetera. But I mean, like, you feel much more like they're like, we're going to have fun. And if that happens to work as music as well, like great. Um, But I feel like you become such a brand of that feel of, yeah, I'm just, we're fun. Fuck it. You know, we're here. Mm -hmm. And I think that in Buddha, that's not the feeling you get. You get the feeling that it's a, a band that's kind of starting to get some following really trying. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's kind of funny because I think that, that may be the, the the overall sound that yeah it's mixed different it's not but everything about it has this we're still trying to get yeah. there. And as soon as you get past this, it kind of starts it, it starts teetering off and heading a different direction. Where it's mm-hmm. a you know what, just fuck it. And that's kind of like we're here to have fun. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't want to sound good. But even as you start talking, as the albums progress further and further and further, you have things that are incredibly, a lot of production, a lot of details, a lot of harmonies, a lot more, I, I don't want to sound rude, but a lot more thought process in their songs, their songwriting, everything, and yet it feels all at its root, like calming, relaxing, etc. And like mm-hmm. it becomes much more methodical. And I think that's what's not here, and, and and that's the thing. Like even as you start talking about these albums as they move forward, like it can still be a poop and fart joke album that mm-hmm. just sounds like okay, we've put thought into this. This is we've grown into this. And I think the thing about right. Buddha is it's like an early stand up routine from a comedian. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. it's fun to look at this. I prefer your stuff three years from now or four years from now as you've Mm -hmm. um what was it's uh joe rogan has a whole thing that he talks about when you bomb on stage you have to get Mm -hmm. through it and you Mm -hmm. feel like they released buddha they bombed on stage a lot and grew from there yeah so
0: yeah i agree like i think um and i think too there's something of which happens with every band that makes it, I assume, but they, they kind of figure out who they are and they find their voice and, like, their part in the world, which is basically what, what you, who you have been saying. Um, but just thinking about, like, kind of who their influences are and thinking about kind of that older punk band
1: mm-hmm.
0: genre that they may have been in, you know, that they were probably into. And just thinking about, like, how Buddha sounds like a young band trying to do that, like, trying to emulate... You know and like they they don't have just by virtue of you know like their age and you know experience and how much time they spent songwriting but um like they don't quite have the chops or whatever like they're not quite at that level um but it's like their first attempt it's them trying to to be like their heroes and there's no fault in that obviously um But I think as they, as we move on, like as the albums go, like I think they lean more into that. Oh, we're going to be more fun and a little less like, you know, damn the establishment or like a little less of like the, the fighting I feel like with, with Blink-182 it's, it's not so much of that hardcore like political statement making or like fighting against something punk rock. It's like, we're here to be silly for a while. And then, and also, you know, like they also have songs that have incredible emotion in them. And, you know, it's. and I a, think that I'm yeah. just to
1: cut you off. I apologize. But no, go I ahead. think that that exact comment is why when we're talking about the self-titled and neighborhoods, mm-hmm. why it is that that becomes more of it. And I'm going to say this like it's a huge. Wait, hold on. Let me get the elitist voice on. Yeah. I think that that's why it becomes such a dis- decisive, de- decisive album for those people who are mm-hmm. True Blink-182 fans at that point where it becomes kind of a way where they leave their ways behind and transition yes. to their new sound. And mm-hmm. that transition, I don't think, is really something for everyone. And, I th- and so I think that we're going to get to that. But, right. I mean, I remember when... Before the Blink-182 self-titled album came out, I remember that they were, this was a huge deal. And I say this now and it's like, I sound a bajillion years old. Okay, (laughs) But MTV.com was streaming the album before it was released. So you could go and listen to the album if you stream it off the Mm -hmm. internet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh my God
0: that is incredible now i can't imagine
1: now again that was like the technology everything like that it was really cool i remember we literally like huddled around my buddy's like office where we were just all like listening to it on little laptop speakers that he had and we were like oh wow this is so cool you have a laptop like um cool you know yeah and we listened to it and i remember that even at that time someone was like oh man they jumped the shark musically Mm-hmm. and you know that's it so long blink 182 and other people were like oh my gosh this just this is so like it kept their sound but they like grew up at the same time i don't know how to etc so realizing we spent a lot of time talking about their other albums when talking about <laughs> buddha but i think part of it is out of their albums it's not my favorite i'm not going to yeah. lie i think that if you are new to blink 182 don't start with Buddha. Right. No. Don't start with Buddha. I would probably say, if you're new to Blink One Eighty Two, you can just skip our Cheshire Cat one. Really pick up around Dude Ranch or Enema of the State. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll we will get there. We will get it's, there.
0: It's a similar thing to to the advice I give to people that listen to, or that watch Parks and Recreation, the television show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just start with season two. Yeah. Like you don't you don't need season one. Start with season two. And then you'll you'll come back and you'll appreciate season one because you'll have you'll know the characters and you'll see what's going on. Don't start there. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I feel like and in I some just... cases, this is true of like a lot of shows, a lot of things. It's 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 getting your chops that put you together mm-hmm. somewhere. And I think we've talked about this in the past. The Beatles before Hamburg, if I get that right. Hamburg i think so yeah yeah before hamburg probably sound nothing like the beatles after hamburg and that's okay yeah. so like is that the band you want to listen to for nostalgia yeah right but yeah. beyond that no probably not and i mean that's where again making i'm gonna just go ahead Blink one two and the beatles are essentially the same band but like there Pretty are much, a yeah. number of people that don't like anything before the white album by blink right. or by uh by the beatles and that's yeah. just a thing. And part of it is just like how you grow, how you change, how you mature musically, personally, in terms of everything. And this is an album that was a fantastic E P. And I imagine that if I would have gotten this when it was I don't know if it was a cassette tape being passed around or whatever in mm-hmm. at that time. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not something that I necessarily ever go out of my way to listen to unless i'm recording a podcast about it
0: (laughs) yeah that's my that's my feeling too um i i read somewhere probably wikipedia but um somewhere with that mark was interviewed about it and he was like well yeah like we had you know suddenly we we had like a thing to sell and he was like i would bring cassettes to these different uh record stores like cassettes of buddha and like, I had to bring more cause like people were buying them and he was like, yeah, it was only like one or two copies, but people were buying it. Mm-hmm. And I was, and like, just that's kind of the, yeah. And I think that tells the story of this album. It's like, it's not huge. It's not selling a ton of copies, but the people that are interested in it and may, and maybe see where they could go mm-hmm. <laughs> after it, you know, are the ones that are, that are picking it up and getting a kick out of it. Um, so yeah, I think you know it's it's a place where they started as many bands start, you know, and then eventually you find out who they are. I also just um, I j- like Tom DeLonge's singing voice. Yeah, is just so intriguing to me, and the ways it has changed, and yeah, over the years, like it's like in this, it's so I don't know, it's just so different. It goes from like raspy and low to like whiny, and I don't understand. <laughs> But it's great. We'll talk we can talk more about that as as the episodes progress, but Tom DeLong. You yeah. should have a Tom DeLong episode.
1: <laughs> and I think that there is plenty to unpack with with Tom and and I think one of those that is so interesting about Blink Quantity too is there are bands that mature in their sound, you mature in like your, your vocal performance. Honestly, It's incredible how much better they both got at singing because holy crap, they were not good music. Like Mark wasn't bad, but I think that you associate the two of them together because they alternate vocals. They they switch Mm -hmm. back and forth. And so you're like, oh man, well, Mark sounds so much better because of Tom and Tom sounds kind of worse because of Mark, but, Mm -hmm. eh." but both of them, it's like from here to enema of the state night and day oh yeah night and day and i mean yeah. i realized there's a bunch of albums in between there where there's a lot and i i i don't know maybe they they could have vocal coaches but i don't know we'll find out but right yeah it was um was weird.
0: yeah i was <laughs> also just gonna make a note i f- i forgot but then remembered um i thought it was interesting too, listening to buddha and uh just and <laughs> listening to those performances and comparing it to their later stuff where they like it seems to me that in buddha it's a lot more like this is mark's song and this is tom's song and like this is mark here's six more mark songs um but they don't trade off nearly as much as they do later in their albums where you know they're both singing or they're like someone's got verse and someone's got chorus or Mm -hmm. someone's screaming a bridge from the back of a recording studio um yeah, so, like, just... Just like, oh, bridge! Thought I was, like that? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I don't know that
1: track. You'll have to, you'll have to send it my way.
0: Oh, it's a pretty deeply hidden track. I'll let, I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Um, But just interesting, too, the way that even I think their, like, friendship or even their, like, relationship as members of the band, I guess, kind of allowed them to perhaps, I don't know, collaborate a little bit more or at least be in things a little bit more than just, like... Than just being, you know, a kid and being like, "Hey, I wrote this song. <laughs> like, let's record it quick." I don't know.
1: Yeah. So, um, I feel like we're kind of wrapping this one up here at this point. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: Okay. I yeah, I agree. It's it's a difficult album to talk about because again, it's not it's not super my favorite, and a and, lot of it's covered in other things. A bunch of it
1: gets re-recorded, and I think that's right. why I'm like, I'd prefer to spend my time talking about the re-recording than this one. Not that yeah. I think it's bad, but because. This was the re-release afterwards in 1998. Again, after Dude Ranch, after Cheshire Cat, right before Enema of the State, or
0: I think right before, because I yeah. thought I'm pretty sure Enema of the was State was 99. 99. Yeah.
1: Um, and so yep, yep. So I think that's just kind of one of those things that's just kind of it's an interesting. It's interesting to keep keep that in mind. Now, as we continue to talk about these Blink 182 albums as we progress through these. I want to keep a running total. There is currently three members that were in the founding members of Blink-182. Yes. Once we get to the current lineup, there is one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Now, in terms of most people's views, the drummer swap was an improvement. Not because mm-hmm. of anything, I think, against Scott, just because Travis Barker is so much more recognizable. Right. It's so the checkered flag tattoos, Right.
0: Yes, that's mainly it.
1: Yeah. No, but I think that that's just something kind of <laughs> interesting to keep in conversation, especially as we have been known to talk about when do you stop being a band and start being a cover band or when do you start being a, you know, a a um, uh, a um brand instead of a band. And I think right. those things all kind of play into each other. So mm-hmm. at this point, all three founding members still in the band at the end of Buddha. <laughs>
0: the end of their first demo they are all still in the band all still there (laughs) which you know good for them
1: yeah they made it Eight. there's plenty of bands that don't make it that far just saying it's very true
0: (laughs) it's very true i was in about eight of them
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right perfect all right well i have nothing else to share about this album me neither all right well uh for the black door music argument i've been carson I have been Carrie. Thank you for sharing your time with us. If you like this episode, we are so sorry. But this has been the Black Door Music Argument, where opinions are always welcome. But are probably wrong. Including mine. We provide the best research Wikipedia offers. So tell all of your friends, and your mistress. Or your manstress. Or your other token female friends. But not your grandma. Unless your grandma's fucking cool. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for us on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet. Like us on Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Talk about us on MySpace. Or Friendster. Stop trying to out MySpace me.
0: And always remember to clear your browser history.
1: But most of all.
0: Especially important.
1: Super crucial. The ultimate. baby. Baby, it's cold outside.